0: welcome to another edition of the it's cavalier podcast as always it's your boy mac and today i'm joined by a good friend of the show mr justin rowan himself one half of the chase down pod how you doing justin i'm doing well thanks for having me back man appreciate it always good to talk calves basketball especially the day after a win right <laughs> even though it's preseason
1: yeah, first win since I uh, I guess May. May of uh twenty twenty one. Uh it, it's uh doesn't count in the uh in the standings, but it, it's still nice to see a win, right? Like I, I think people forget preseason is basically an extension of training camp. You're you're out there, you're basically doing a scrimmage with another team, you're you're working on some stuff. Uh so there, there's not a whole lot you can read from it, but it, it's still good. It, it it helps the vibes when you go out there and you get a win.
0: Right, right. So, you know, we're two games into the preseason, right? One, we suffered a terrible defeat at the hands of a newly, uh, <laughs> a brand new look in Chicago, which they man, they were really good to see there. Uh, I mm-hmm. love the fit with Lonzo and DeMar DeRozan, the guys that they're trying to uh, integrate into their offense and whatnot. It looked great, but yes. this is preseason. We know that uh, you have to take everything you see with a grain of salt. But even with that being said, you know, there are some positive takeaways, especially getting a win, you know, like we were previously stating. But I recently saw that you tweeted out, Evan Mobley has got the goods, dude. <laughs> that oh, yeah. was the exact words of the tweet. So what led you to that conclusion just two games in?
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, I've I'm biased. So I've, I've felt this way throughout the draft process. I, I felt this way back in February when he was still playing at USC. But just like you can tell even from Summer League, he's added some strength. But the way that he's able to move around on the court, the way that he impacts the game defensively, the way that he goes up. Like it, there was a play where uh, Gorgie Jang had him sealed. Like he, he had the inside position. He got the ball and it was a good, uh, good pass into him and Mobley just kind of spun around he went straight up and defended the I think he defended it with his left hand and, and didn't foul uh, mm-hmm. Jang missed the shot left it short and like you don't see guys that young in their first preseason ever impact the game defensively the way that he does like th- this is a, a once one of one type freak of nature on the defensive end and Uh, He he just does so many smart things, uh, things that are beyond his years at just 20 years old. I just I have so much confidence in him and the the flashes that we're seeing with him. It's going to be really, really hard to keep him off the floor, like uh, whether it is keeping him in the starting lineup, which obviously creates some spacing concerns, I think. Um, you're, you're just going to have to find ways to play this guy because I, I think right off the bat, he's going to be one of this team's most impactful players, even if he's not necessarily doing it with points per game.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And uh, to your point about spacing, I think Mobley went 0-3 last night and against Chicago, he didn't attempt anything from uh, from range. So that Mm -hmm. part of his game is going to continue to be a work in progress, which I think most Cavs fans and many NBA analysts in general, you know, that was the mindset with this guy is that he's not a finished product yet, especially on the offensive side. But he's shown a lot already on that end. I mean, even though the guy has a slight frame, you wouldn't be able to tell with how he's played thus far. I mean, he had a nice poster dunk yesterday.
1: <laughs> Man, that's not uh, easy to do rather, when you are so. that tall and that thin. The amount of strength it takes to actually go through a guy like that when you are that thin, that's like that's next-level core strength. And he had a nice play where guys kind of – uh, come up to him. He seals them off. He gets by them. Uh, a nice pass off the dribble to Laurie Marketing for a baseline jumper. Like, there, there's just the little things that when you watch him, it, he jumps off the screen. And the fact that he's jumping off the screen and like, making an impact right away, like, yes, it is going to take time for him to be a finished product, but he's already impactful at this point and already stands out, which, I mean, that's different than, like, Okoro or Garland or Sexton who who came in and you could see some potential, but overall they were ineffective. Mobley's actually having an effect on the game every time he steps on the floor.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you're not going to see, you know the blocks show up on a nightly basis, but just the fact that he's literally, you know, the, the rim deterrence and he's altering opposing players shots on nearly every possession that he's the defender on. It's a refreshing sight to see. I honestly cannot remember. I mean, maybe Tristan Thompson, but I can't remember the last true, you know, shot blocking center that, that Cleveland possessed. Yeah. Uh, Maybe big Z. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, So it's it's probably very, very encouraging sight.
1: Yeah, he he's got four blocks in two preseason games and he's doing that playing a lot of power forward. Like he he's not the last mm-hmm. line of defense center getting all those blocks. Like Jared Allen and him combined for five blocks against Atlanta. That pairing, th- th- what they can do to kind of turn teams water off, it, it's really really encouraging.
0: Right, right. And I you know, I couldn't agree more. I really just for all the people that question his long-term fit alongside Jared Allen, yesterday did nothing to really change that. You know, it is the preseason, but its it was a really good thing to see. When you're talking about spacing, that brings to mind for me, you know, Laurie Markkinen, we've seen him uh, play a pretty good amount of minutes in both games. I, you know, I liked what I've seen, but I haven't quite seen enough to justify him usurping Mobley in the starters role just yet. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure to begin the season what the mindset is there with J.B. Bickerstaff and whatnot, whether or not you're going to go ahead and opt to uh, start the guy that could provide a little bit more spacing in terms of three-point shooting uh, and going Markman's way, or you're just going to go ahead and throw uh, Mobley out there similar to what the team did with Isaac Okoro last season. And I think uh, Okoro led all rookies in minutes last season, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Let the chasm in minutes. <laughs> I'm wondering. Yeah Uh, I'm wondering whether or not we could see a similar Type of outcome with Mobley And I wouldn't be opposed to that just because You know he already provides So much already At such a young age Uh, Yeah, This entire roster really
1: I think he's going to play a significant role for the Cavs. I wouldn't expect him to lead the team in minutes. I I think Garland and Sexton are are probably more likely in that department, Uh, which some of that is a product of, yeah, you have Laurie Markkinen behind him. Like Isaac Okoro didn't have a three that deserved like 25 to 30 minutes a night behind him. Uh, that, That probably would have changed the amount of minutes he plays, but... When you're looking at that starting lineup, it's early. You're, you're going to give these guys time to figure it out. Okoro hasn't really shown up uh, offensively so far in the preseason. Um, but if you're looking to add spacing to that, and if you're looking to kind of improve it, the solution might be to, to move someone in uh, other than Okoro, because I, I don't think that th- there's really a case at this point for Laurie to start over Evan Mobley. Like I understand it from a fit perspective, yeah. But I, I don't, ha- I don't, I don't have a I don't have a big concern about Allen and Mobley playing together if there's three perimeter players that can shoot and and Sexton and Garland obviously bring that to the table. If you have Okoro coming in off the bench and, and whether it's starting Jetty Osman again or um, Dylan Windler if he's able to stay healthy, just someone that can space the floor a little bit. Geez, even Dean Wade. Um, yeah, yeah, I can, I can see those two working together really well. Like Mobley is able to create spacing by the way that he draws attention when he puts the ball on the floor. When, when the way that he moves around, the way that he's able to be an initiator of the offense. Like there, there's other ways to generate that. It's the three of them together that I, I, think is going to be the, the real big test and something that, whether it's throughout the preseason or early in the season, that's going to be the question is. Is Okoro able to be assertive enough offensively to take all of those open threes and make enough of them to make that lineup work? I I think the small forward part of that equation is a bigger question than the two bigs together.
0: I think that's fair just because, you know, we just we have to wonder whether or not what Okoro brings to the table defensively. Uh, as a starter, outweighs what he's currently bringing on the offensive end. We saw him get a couple of open looks from range, and not going to lie, some of those shots were uh, – they were ugly. Uh, They're flat. They're still <laughs> flat.
1: They are most definitely flat. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And and we saw in the same regard, you know, some of Evan Mobley's attempts. He has such a slow release. Yeah. Um, we saw some of those, and those looked the same way. So I know Okoro has worked on that. You know, this – this off season. And I'm hoping that, you know, it's not something that continues to stay sub, you know, sub 30% from that range. But it does bring to mind the question whether or not the Cavs would be better off starting a more offensive oriented player in that regard. At least somebody who was a little bit more uh, balanced in that regard. I don't know what that option would look like. We didn't see Windler yesterday. Ditto yeah. with Wade. So, I'm just I don't know. We'll have to see. We saw both of those guys kind of they they had spurts last season in which they looked effective in the role, but as starters, I'm just not certain if that's the long-term outlook. Wade got some time there, you know, <laughs> last yeah. season, but I don't know. And time will tell and JB Bickerstaff's rotations are going to be uh, wonky if you ask me. They're going we're going to see some weird combos this season.
1: Oh yeah, there, there there's no questioning that.
0: Yeah, with that being said, man, the Cavs along that same line of thought they had, I think they've attempted like 62 or 63 threes through two games this preseason, which is what like 31 and a half per game. Mm-hmm. And this is a team that uh that finished dead last in three-point percentage last year, if I'm not mistaken. And that those numbers are skewed due to injury, you know. So mm-hmm. there's a, there's a couple of caveats in there because A lot of the most impactful players and a lot of your best shooters, and we don't really have any marksmen on this team just yet, but a lot of the team's best shooters last season were injured, and that factored heavily into them finishing dead last. I don't see that same outlook this year, but in order to up those percentages, I think you're going to have to have more attempts. Uh, They finished 28th in the league last year and attempts, if I'm not mistaken, 28th or 29th, you have to get that, those, those shot attempts up. Conversely, you know, I think I have it down here. Um, Chicago finished 18th with 34 game and Atlanta finished 19th with Mm 33.4. I, you know, I think they could get there. And I think they have the requisite talent uh, to start really making those shots. Um, Sexton's, Uh, three-point percentage has dipped uh, over the last few seasons, but that is a direct correlation of more attempts. Right. Um, I want to see this team continue to fire away from deep. What would be the ideal number you think for this team a game to shoot from range?
1: That's a great question because I I don't know how I necessarily feel about where they should be as a team. Um, Obviously Garland and Sexton taking more three-pointers is crucial. Uh, They took, quite a few against Atlanta. Sexton took eight. Uh, their three-point uh, rate is good for the preseason. It's a big, big improvement from where they were last year. Um, Laurie Markkinen is probably the closest thing they have to a marksman on the team. Uh, he big guy that can get his shots off. Uh, Kevin Love, when he's healthy, he'll be able to shoot. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I think it, it's going to be a collective effort where it's just, hey, we can't pass up open threes. Isaac Okoro passed up an open three close uh, against Atlanta there. And yeah. like that's you You have to at least be willing to take those shots. that That was something that Brooklyn did, but uh, before they got good, was no matter what the talent was on the team, they had guys that were taking the right shots. when When the ball moves, it generates an open shot and you pass up that look. You're probably not getting another good look at that possession because the the defense had already scrambled. It it had left you open, and if you're driving into that defense <laughs> that had scrambled and is out of place, and you're passing up an open shot, you're you're not going to have a good offense. It, it's not going to be a great possessions for you. So I think it's just a matter of guys actually being willing to take those shots, whether that's Mobley when he's left wide open, he's going to need to take them, O'Coral's going to need to take them. And then the actual shooters on this team, Garland, Sexton, Laurie, Kevin Love, while he's here, Dean Wade, Dylan Windler, they need to make sure that they are not passing up open looks because, as you mentioned, there, there isn't a deep stable of shooters on this team. So the ones that can shoot, there's more responsibility on their shoulders.
0: Yeah, I guess that's a good way of putting it, uh, especially when you don't have necessarily— if you're if you're looking at marketing and Love as guys like that, <laughs> that tells you all you need to know right now. Uh, right. This team has a long way to go, but they have some pieces there. Um, speaking of Kevin Love, I think he—what was it, 14 minutes last night, 7.6 rebounds, something like that. Um, I like—you know, I know a lot of people are down on Kevin Love— And I don't blame them for the past transgressions, but at the same time, if he's bought in, I really think this could be one of the best versions of Kevin Love that we've seen at least in the past uh, year or two. If he's utilized in the correct way and if he's not asked to play too many minutes. Um, I think going against second-unit guys really could revitalize his trade value and or, you know, he could play his way back into respectability, if you ask me. Uh, where where are are you on Kevin Love right now?
1: Yeah, it, right now he looks bought-in. He looks mobile. He, he looks spry. Like, that, that's the kind of stuff you want to see. How he adjusts to that limited role is going to be the biggest question. Will he stay bought-in? Will, mm-hmm. will he stay healthy? Like, that, that to me is a really big question. And... It remains to be seen like I I don't have a high degree of confidence on what to expect with Kevin Love. But at the same time, I do think that there is a role for him to help out this team, because as we were just talking about, like there isn't a ton of shooting on this roster. He's a smart, steady presence. He's someone that is a good passer for a big man. Like there's a lot of things that he can bring to the table. It's going to get tricky um, when you're staggering the big men around, making sure that he's not playing two minutes with Laurie Markin, and I, I, I don't want to see that. I think you just give up way too much defensively if you have yeah. those two on the interior. But outside of that, like if he's playing two minutes with Mobley or Jared Allen, I expect that to be productive. I really liked uh, the the second unit minutes where it was Kevin Love, Ricky Rubio, Evan Mobley, and, and a couple other guys. Like Those three together as kind of the foundation of, of that second unit minutes, that works. If Sexton's out there too, yeah, you got two smart passing bigs. You've got some spacing. You got Ricky Rubio, who's going to push the pace. Like I, I can see those minutes being really productive. And you look at last season, the second unit was where the Cavs lost a lot of games. Like yeah, the, the, yeah. those units were awful. Uh, they, they didn't have a backup point guard. It made things tougher for Sexton. I, I think having veterans in that lineup that, that can come in off the bench, be a steady in presence, Uh, help elevate the offense I I think that's a real real bonus so I I hope he stays bought in because I do think that there is a way for him to help I just don't have a high degree of confidence at this point
0: yeah that's understandable and I think largely most of the fan base would agree with you in that regard and if they don't it's it's probably along the lines of trade Kevin Love right now sit him don't have him anywhere around the team so right. that's, that's generally what the thought process is on Kevin Love right now. Um, I find myself, even towards the end of last season, I was always in a rock and a hard place with the guy just because, you know, he, was, he played a vital role in bringing that championship to Cleveland. But at the same time, the play has declined. The health has not really ever been there. But, you know, but when Braun was here, he at least stayed on the court when it counted, you know, when it mattered the most. Uh, now that we're in this rebuild, you know, Love has taken a, uh, you know, a back seat to the younger guys, which is that's how it should be. And I'm just I'm with you. I'm hoping that he stays bought in. But you just never really know with a guy like Love. Right. Yeah, so totally I'm, right. I'm really hoping the best for him. And you could really um, when you're talking about trade value and whatnot, you could really want uh, Jetty in there, too. And I think he is a guy that a lot of people want to see do well but he just he hasn't been able to look good on a consistent basis Uh, I'm hoping that changes I don't know I I I feel for the guy just because I think he's kind of gotten a raw deal uh, especially being constantly pulled from the lineup last year Uh, but this season I'm I'm really hoping the best for Jetty what do you think his outlook for the season will be are you think he'll finish the season with the Cavs
1: That's a great question. I think my gut says no because I I think at some point, especially if things are working out, I think this team is Mm -hmm. probably going to look to get more reliable options. They're they're going to look to maybe add some talent if things are working out. And Jetty Osmond, with a a contract that goes down in guaranteed money each year, Mm -hmm. I I, I think there is— Yeah, it's a bit of a trade chip if you're attaching that with picks. Maybe you can go out and get a more established wing player. Um, I I do think that there is room for him to help. Like, it's it's unfortunate that last season went so poorly for him because the previous year he was a useful player. He shot well from three, and that player would be really, really helpful on this roster. He's just a guy that never really adjusted well to coming in off the bench. He he seems to play better when he's a, a starter, which... You know, if Mobley and Allen are are good enough together, like, there's maybe an argument to to starting him. Like, even if he's still playing the same number of minutes, just having him there and then having Isaac Okoro basically shadow Laurie Markkinen and and Kevin Love uh, playing whenever they're on the floor just to to help address the spacing issues. Maybe that's something that works out. I, I, I think there's definitely a room for Jetty to help out this year just another guy that I don't have a high level of confidence in just based on how last season went.
0: Yeah, that's fair. And I think, again, this is another guy where the majority of the fan base would tend to agree with you in that regard, just because they haven't seen him do anything well on a consistent basis for the last I would say maybe a year and a half, but time will tell in regards to what his actual role is going to look like. Just because even some of the pieces that we're we're thinking that will be included in the rotation, we just haven't seen yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Taco Fall, we haven't seen him in the last two preseason games. Do you think he actually has a shot to make the roster?
1: Probably not. I I think Gelly probably gets a nod over him, Um, just I think at this point probably a better player. Uh, I think Taco probably will spend a lot of this season with the charge. Man, there's nothing wrong with that. Good locker room guy. Everyone seems to really like having him around. So I, I think there's a value to that. Um, but at the end of the day, like I, I just think the Cavs have a bit of a logjam when it comes to the bigs. Like, yeah. Or I, I guess it's not necessarily a logjam, but they have depth, right? Like, y- you know who the top three bigs are going to be uh, and, right. and who's going to play the most minutes, so it's not a logjam in that sense. But, uh, like, Dean Wade, uh, Kevin Gelly, like, there's just I, – I don't see a real utility to, to having him on the – Big club, unless there's some injuries. Like uh, I just think uh him spending time in the G League is probably the most likely way for this to go.
0: Okay, yeah, that definitely. um Seeing him in Boston and whatnot, he never really could crack the rotation. He never really could get useful minutes. And if he does end up spending time with the Cleveland Charge, I think that that is that probably could be good for him. But like you said, I don't think there's necessarily a logjam there. But we know who's going to be manning in many of those positions and getting the most time there. So I just don't know if he'll have actual run. Uh, I like Kevin Uh I liked what I saw in summer league out of him. Uh, a lot of people are down on him just because they don't think he provides enough uh, offensively. But time will tell in that regard. Uh, speaking, though, of some of these bench unit guys, one of the biggest additions the Cavs made this offseason was that of one Ricky Rubio. Tell me about what you have uh, – your thoughts on Rubio now that he's dying in the wine and gold.
1: He's been a a bit of a standout in the preseason. He hasn't shot the ball well from three, but in every other way, uh, he has been a helpful presence. Like, he is pushing the pace. He is taking good care of the basketball for the most part. Uh, He gets a couple easy baskets every game uh, with his layups and his ability to get to the rim, um, head manning the ball, just – Intelligent, intelligent basketball player. It's such a stark difference from what they had last season uh, with Broderick Thomas and, and uh, a little bit of Dante Exum. He, he is going to be a really, really important part for this team. And uh, I, I think there's still probably going to be a little bit of a, a learning curve for Darius Garland playing alongside Ricky Rubio because uh, yeah. he's never he's never played with a two-point guard lineup. Like, yeah, you do have Colin Sexton out there, but he's not someone that can run the offense the same More way that Ricky guard. Rubio can. Yeah. Right, yeah. So I, I think there's going to be a learning process for Garland there, but I also think there's so much that he's going to be able to learn from Ricky Rubio. That there's so many parts of his game that I'd like to see him add. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about that addition. I, I think it's going to pay real dividends this season.
0: Yeah, I like the connection so far that he's had that he's shown, you know, rekindled a little bit with uh, Kevin Love. Yeah, uh, we've saw we we've, we've seen a couple of lob attempts to Evan Mobley. That's been really just gorgeous to see. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, really excited about what he can bring in that capacity. And we know the guy is not really what you could be uh, what you could say as a good three point shooter at all. But mm-hmm. he brings a lot. To the table in other areas, especially in regards to his playmaking, I'm—he has one of the, you know, the the highest basketball IQs in terms of of guards that we have in this league. So oh, yeah. I think what Darius can learn from him will definitely start to be seen as the season uh, goes towards the latter half. But I like his fit next to Sexton, um, especially you know if you're gonna put if you're gonna play Sexton some second. Unit minutes that really could boost the uh the shot making capabilities, especially for a team that's kind of lacking in that regard. And since the Cavs are really unable to bring in uh, you know, one a, an elite three point marksman, I think being able to have a guy like Rubio out there who can find guys in different spots really will pay dividends. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, totally it's just agree. all really comes down to whether or not. You know these guys will make the shots. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I don't think that's that, ever that really is a, a that is the question. big
1: question of this season. The like yeah. how, how consistent this team is going to be because they're they're going to have good nights. They're going to have awful nights. Like it's just the reality yeah. of a young team. Like how how frequently those nights occur in either direction is going to determine whether or not this team is actually in the mix for a play-in. Like it, it's uh, it's going to be a little tricky, but you know the, it, all all experience this season is going to be positive because they're young they're able to learn from it and as long as they're learning from it that's what you really are hoping for this year
0: yeah youngest roster in the league i think 21 uh, i think the broadcaster said 21.7 is the the average age for this roster that that's insane to me i mean you're, you're you're talking about a young team that is just crazy to me (laughs) <laughs> um, with that being said, who do you think is actually going to have the biggest jump this year out of uh, out of Okoro, Allen, Sexton, and Garland?
1: I think it's Garland. I, I think Garland's going to have an all-star caliber season. Um, he looks really good physically out there. Uh, he's getting wherever he wants. Uh, he's competing well on the defensive end of the floor. Um, obviously not scoring tons in the preseason because it's preseason. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not going to see guys go all out. Uh, But as that game kind of got close down the stretch with Atlanta, you saw him start to pull from three, uh, really be a dynamic score in that situation. And Atlanta had, like, Atlanta was missing guys, but they had some really good defenders out there. Like, they had Cam Reddish throwing them. DeLon Wright's a really, really good defender as well. Um, And he gets where he wants to on the floor. Like, I I think uh, everything out of camp seemed to be guys saying, hey, Garland's the best player here. Garland's the best player here. He's the straw that stirs the drink. So when you're talking about Who is going to have the breakout I think it's going to be him I think he's going to solidify himself as one of the best young point guards in the league
0: I certainly hope so he's drawn a lot of praise you know over the last few weeks uh, especially from that of Steph Curry so anytime Mm -hmm. you're seeing guys like that praise you you know it's got to be something good Uh, they're not just blowing smoke your way um, as far as on my opinion, I, I'm kind of the thought process that Isaac Okoro is going to have like this huge sophomore year jump. You know, I really hope I'm right just because if he can piece the offensive side of things together with what he already brings to the table defensively, even though he's a bit undersized for where he's being played at, um, I think that there is a lot that could go right for him this season especially with having some of the defensive responsibility taken off of him uh, with having such a good back line of defense in Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. So mm-hmm. I- I'm really hoping that, uh, you know, multiple guys have breakouts this season. That'd so be nice. we'll, re- we'll really see. <laughs> yeah, what a lot of people are kind of leaving out there, though, is uh, Sexton. You know, people are, are are really sounding like Sexton is already a finished product. <laughs> I have a uh, I have no idea why people are of that mindset. I know that, you know, we're again, we're just two games into the preseason and you know, his shooting splits from last night weren't exactly great, but you know, you have to take everything at this point in the year with a grain of salt. And I think playing with uh, a much more, in my opinion, talented roster this season and guys who can, uh, you know, take that scoring responsibility off of him, I think that would really elevate his play too. I think we could possibly see the best version of Colin Sexton yet, but, uh, oh, I you think know, so too. it will remain to be seen.
1: Yeah, I I think the reason why you don't hear people talking about a massive leap for Colin Sexton is the statistical numbers were already there. Where his improvements are going to come is in the margins. Like You you see him navigating screens better throughout the preseason. That's a really, really encouraging sign. Uh, His three-point attempt rate is way up. It basically doubled from the regular season. Again, small sample size, but that's the type of shot profile he needs to take. So I, I think... Both he and Jared Allen, I I think they don't get discussed enough about the improvements that they could make over the offseason for guys as young as they are, and that's because they already do have a fair amount of polish to their game. They have... Proven NBA skills and less to prove in a preseason setting. Let's let's be honest about that. So I, I think that's why you don't hear him brought up as much. But I, I completely agree. Like I, I think having Rubio going to help him a ton. Having Mobley a, as a playmaking big to to play off of, like that's going to be a really great addition. Laurie Markkinen to give him a little more space to work. Like I, I think all those things set him up well to have a really good season. It's just I, I don't see, like, a massive statistical leap. Like, he, he may put up very similar numbers but have more impact, which which is what I, I would really predict for Sexton this season. Do you think the efficiency
0: will go up in regards to certain areas? I think so.
1: Yeah, it, like, he was league average efficiency last year for – with really terrible spacing around him at a really high ball. <laughs> yeah. that, that was, like – what he did was very efficient last season. Like, it, it was a really, really good season. But I, I do think you'll probably see maybe an increase of getting to the free throw line. Uh, he's been taking it really strong to, to the rack uh, so far in preseason. I like that. Um, I think the, the three-point shooting, getting those attempts up is going to help him a lot and help him in a lot of those efficiency uh, Categories, So I, I think that's where you're going to see the most growth with him. And, and then, of course, hopefully uh, a little bit of an improvement on the defensive end.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I'm really pulling for him. I know this is going to be kind of a make-or-break year for him. You know, no way around it, especially considering the contract issues moving forward. I think the, at this point in time, we're probably going to see him, you know, try and play his way into his next big contract, which I have no problem with. Um mm-hmm. Considering what we're working with right now, I think that's the direction the Cavs are going in. Um, other guys that we haven't mentioned today, who do you think uh, stands the best chance of having you know a, a more of a breakout year? Whether it be Dylan Windler uh, finally being able to stay healthy, or Kevin Gelly kind of cracking the rotation in some way, Lamar Stevens possibly earning you know that full time backup small forward role.
1: I have. <sighs> No, no Dean Wade, man. I have no idea. I think it's going to be tough for Dean Wade while well, Kevin Love's on the roster. Um, I think best-case scenario is Dylan Windler staying healthy because, in theory, that's a guy that fits exactly what the Cavs need. He plays really smart basketball, good basketball IQ, uh, good rebounder, makes the right pass, tall wing that can shoot over guys. Like In theory, Dylan Windler helps this team so much. So if I... Uh, could yeah. pick one if I could will one into existence. It would be him, um, <laughs> but from a confidence standpoint, I, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like I, I, I don't know which one of these guys uh, is going to have an impactful season. Uh, Lamar Stevens would be a really great candidate if he could shoot the basketball, but because he can't, <laughs> it's tough to find lineups where he really works on the floor. So it, it's going to be tricky. Uh, I, I think it's healthy to have a, an open competition, but. In terms of who's actually going to do it, no idea. Absolutely no idea.
0: <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm I'm really hoping that each one of those guys, in their own rights, is able to at least do something productive this season. Um, mm-hmm. Stevens, in my opinion, is uh, probably going to find his way on the court as a situational defender. Wendler could, like as you uh, pointed to, could possibly turn into, morph into the guy that the Cavs were unable to sign in free agency yeah. or trade for, and that is a, you know, a three and D wing. You know, hopefully he's able to stay on the court and play some productive minutes. Wade, if he's not shooting well, I don't really know, you know, what you can utilize him on the court for, and he already has quite a bit of a battle in front of him in in regards to getting minutes. Mm-hmm. at the uh three and four positions so i'm just not sure <laughs> but i do want to thank you for taking the time to to join me today man
1: hey i know a- you guys
0: uh, you and carter always busy man <laughs> you always <laughs> you got... have
1: no idea how true that is uh both with the podcast and life uh, we, we uh we have very very jam-packed schedules but uh, always always down kind of to make the time and uh it's good catching up with you man
0: Thanks. As always, guys, like I tell you, if you want to reach out to me, you can at it's Cavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. With that being said, have a good day.